Welcome to your weekly astrological weather. This is your place to get practical guidance for not only surviving, but thriving with the cosmic tides. This podcast episode is brought to you by Astrologer Connect, your premier source for quality astrology readings. Well, hello there and welcome to the Astrology Hub podcast. You have just joined a worldwide astrological conversation that's happening here every single week that is designed to help you find a deeper sense of purpose, help you find more meaning and direction and clarity in your life. And today we are here on the Weekly Weather, which is a show on the platform that is designed to help you get a feel or sense for the astrological currents or tides for the week ahead. So we will talk about the big overarching theme, and then we'll go into the day-to-day astrology so that you, you have something tangible that you can use to work with as you're navigating the tides in your life. If you are new to this channel, go ahead and hit that subscribe button. This will enable you to get notifications whenever we post a new video on the platform. You can go and peruse some of our old videos and go kind of down the astrological rabbit hole with us. And for those of you who are here every week, thank you so much for being a part of our community, for helping us spread the word out far and wide. Every time you comment or engage with our videos, that's what you're doing. So we love to hear from you. We love to hear your feedback. And it's really helpful to get the word out there when you do engage and give us that thumbs up and that like. So thank you for doing that. All right. We are here talking about the astrology of the week of July 17th to the 23rd with Astrologer Connect and previous Inner Circle Astrologer Andrea Michelle Kennedy. And Andrea, let's dive in. Let's start with that big overarching theme. What are we working with this week? Gosh, okay. We've got Venus as the focal point again. So the theme is staying power. And we have a a huge week because it's the new moon, Monday, which is at Cancer, 25 degrees at 11.31 a.m. Pacific time. And the sun and moon are in a grand cross, which means there's a square on all sides with Pluto retrograde. It's squaring the nodal axis, which shifts on Monday, only a few hours later, from the Taurus-Scorpio axis to Aries-Libra, Eris is the, the other component of the Grand Cross, too. So later in the week, Mars opposes retrograde Saturn, and Venus is the showstopper when she literally turns retrograde at 28 degrees Leo on Saturday. But one of the major configurations this week is Venus at the top of the yod, and I'll explain that in a moment, with Pluto retrograde at the base and Neptune retrograde at the base. Now, a yod is also known as the finger of God. And that's because it's two quincunxes, which are 150 degree aspects, which is the aspect of no relationship, supposedly. And so the, the quincunx is between the two planets at the base, which are in a sextile. In this case, it's Pluto and Neptune at the base, which are in sextile, which is in a, a harmonious relationship. And they are pointing at, with an income aspect, which is uncomfortable, toward Venus. So she is the resolution point. She's at the apex of this yacht. That's a very tense place to be. 
But luckily, we have the planet of relationship at the top of these aspects of no relationship. So, and again, she's in Leo. She's just, she's at the height of her evening star period or the end of her wholeness phase about to start completion when she turns retrograde. So this is a culminating moment if there ever was one for Venus, for us, for our feminine. And again, where is she? She's in Leo. So our center line, our heart, which is where we resolve things that are seemingly not in relationship. We discover if we really drop in deeper, Pluto, into the truth, Neptune, we can actually resolve things beneath our minds, beneath our concepts, beneath our habitual safety mechanisms of how to deal with a situation. Stop, stop, drop, and hold. Literally, stay in what's uncomfortable because that's where the transmutative power that is available in this yacht can happen organically on its own. This takes practice. And the degree to which we have been working with discomfort and change, and you know, Uranus has been in Taurus, which Venus rules for quite some time now. So we, we are getting accustomed to change being the norm to not being comfortable, to getting comfortable and being uncomfortable. We don't have to like it, but if we can love it, Venus, in our hearts, just by by staying and honoring, I don't like this, but this is what the situation is. This is the reality of the moment. That affords us the generative power to alchemize whatever it is that is out of whack, that is not in relationship, but it requires a deep level of trust, a deep level of Faith in our own power as human beings to show up for our moment. We have everything available to us at all times. We like, we are very, very good at forgetting. We're very, very good at distracting. That's just the ego. That's what we all have collectively in our ego subconscious. But we also have the power of our heart, which we just kind of train ourselves to remember. And so Venus at this point is literally the culmination of so much of the work that we've been doing however we've been doing it in practicing staying and being comfortable in being uncomfortable getting used to change i am reflecting on some of the things that we talked about last week with clarissa dolphin Mm -hmm. and how much of last week was about having trust that whatever is unfolding, as uncomfortable as it might be, as emotionally sort of gut-wrenching as it might have the potential to be, to be anchored in that trust that whatever is happening is, it needs to happen. It needs to happen for the ultimate alignment of our paths. Mm -hmm. And I'm hearing a continuation of that theme on some level. But actually, this week may be giving us the opportunity for it not to be quite as gut-wrenching in the process, for it to be more of a, of a stance that feels now like something that we have started to really hone and, and integrate into ourselves. So it's not such a stretch. It's not like, oh, I'm trying to get there. It's like, okay, and with Venus at that apex, it's like, okay, actually, I'm here and it's okay. And I can be here. And I'm curious to know how 
this feminine theme, which you and I talked about last time you were on the weather, how, how that is contributing to this idea of staying power. Yeah. Oh, I love that. Well, as feminine, if we look at, thank you for that, because if we look at Venus's primary, the first sign she rules, it's Taurus, which is a fixed sign. It's stability, stability in our own bodies, which is are an extension of the earth. So literally discovering that our bodies can support us and not just our bodies in terms of like, you know, the muscles, the cells, the sinews, but literally that we have within us, born in our bodies, we have all of the the ley lines of the earth. We have all the wisdom, intelligence of the cosmos and the underworld all within us. So to stay and allow the deeper, dis, it's like the way that I was thinking about it before, it's like everything is truth and love interwoven. But what happens is things get distorted. So it's all still there. The matrix is there, truth and love and wisdom and kindness. But we're looking to stay and let it undistort itself, which we cannot do with our minds. This is only the power and intelligence of the heart that can really, really undistort love to its natural, more free state. And so it's, that's what the power of staying is, to stay and allow my own wisdom intelligence, which we don't necessarily, we can't recognize it or track it. This is the trust and the faith part. And with Jupiter and Taurus, this is perfect time to amplify our ability to stay, to have faith in our bodies and our ability to just stabilize even in the discomfort that we have that availability to us. And that's the feminine, that's the first part of relating, relating with my own resources, right, Taurus, relating with my own capacity to be unwavering in my love, in my devotion and my commitment to trusting in something deeper that I cannot know. That is also that Pluto and Neptune at the base. How much can I trust a transpersonal, not making it personal, transpersonal planets, the depths and the truth of creative power of life itself to inform and untangle the knots of how I've seen things a certain way for safety or how I've had to, you know, address things in a particular way. We see things through the lens of our conditioning. Mm-hmm. How can I unwind the conditioning? And with Pluto and Neptune retrograde, retrogradation is always inviting us inward. So again, we have it all in us. We forget. And it's not necessarily comfortable. And sometimes the most uncomfortable thing is discovering and feeling our own light, Venus and Leo. So it could be, I don't want to know how, how beautiful I am, how creative I am, how powerful I am. But being honest with that, that is the doorway to more of that actually manifesting down the road. One of the things that is just part and parcel of the human condition, you might not like it, but all we have to do is look around and look within to see we are terrified of what we don't know. We are oh. just simply terrified. And that's, you know, for that to us to know that and let that be so and still trust that there is a part of us, that timeless part of us that wants us to come more fully into who we are and letting the merger of them coming together and coming apart be what it is. It is a dance. We don't have to do it all at once. You know, we don't have to become awake all at once. The feminine is this in and out and forming relationship. How do we know from our heart's wisdom, which will show us 
when it's time to come closer together and when it's too much and when it's time to go back. Safety, the safety of my human need to be still having a handrail somewhere to know myself somewhat to before I can venture into where I don't have the handrail. It's a, it's a coming and going. It's a spiral, right? Which is also the feminine. So that's the, the part that the end of the week, especially when the moon moves into Virgo, which we'll talk about, that's part of the beauty and the blessing of Virgo energy is the, where am I taking on more responsibility than I need to? And where can I just heartfully be the container for the fire? of transmutation to happen on its own. I am just, I'm the space in which it is happening. Very good. I think it was our conversation recently where we were talking about what we get from certain tendencies. Yes. And I think the same thing is true for the what we get when we take on too much responsibility. What do we get from that? And I think in order to stop that pattern, we need to look at that piece too, mm-hmm. or else it'll kind of keep, keep going, you know? <laughs> and I think I'll use myself as an example. There's a, a feeling of value. I have value because I am taking on so much and I'm important in all these different capacities. Right. And so if I don't have that much responsibility, what happens to my value? Do I still have value? And how do I have value? Which I, it seems like with so much emphasis on Venus this week, that that would be a good inquiry. Cool, Amanda. And what you just said, this is the Venus, this is the Capricorn Venus cycle. And then we have Venus and Leo. So there can be this tendency with this aspect and with Venus and Leo of self-importance. Yes. Which is something to keep an eye on. So I love that you brought that in. Yeah, if we're making something important, it's because we're actually underneath that in the shadow, unconsciously, we don't really believe that we have value. Yeah. We tend to overcompensate often in areas where there is really a feeling of lack or a belief of lack. It's not actually that we're lacking. But again, the, the unconscious is where that, that's held. And that's why this, the gentle inquiry into the unconscious is so self-empowering because we're addressing it at the root. And if we address it with love and gentleness and an openness and then a heartfulness, not knowing what we're going to get, that's the practice of the not knowing. That's how the, the ego gets malleable. It becomes more, it's not so rigid. It literally learns. Our egos, we can learn. And we're so terrified of learning, like you said, because we always are balanced toward we're going to learn something bad. And that's not necessarily the case. And even if it is, negative or bad where we're orienting from from the intelligence of our hearts to hold that it good and bad starts to become good and bad is a contortion it's part of that contortion so how much are we available to stay and let the contortion unwind in its own timing that's not too much for us this is the trust in our human capacity to be self-nurturing, self-caring, self-responsible, and sovereign. Mm. For those who don't know your I don't know practice, mm-hmm. and just say a few words about that because it's so powerful. Oh, well, and I have to give credit to Adam Gainsburg is the one who really started this, but I'm 
as someone who's worked with Adam for a number of years, I, this is my practice too, all the time. I've been doing this for years. When I'm in a situation and I'm scared or I'm tense or I'm moving too fast and I slow down internally because my nervous system is running the show. So I want to slow down and get to what's underneath to get to the natural pulse and timing of my, that's, a, that's only endogenous to me. Then, and I, and I say, I don't know, it's that, and I say it from a place of humility, that will drop me off and into that place beneath. My heads need to know, my, my nervous system, it might take some time and some practice, it did for me, long time. But I don't know opens us to our tenderness, to vulnerability, and vulnerability is the crack that the light gets in. Vulnerability is the is where the sacred then has a place to arise, without effort, without it being controlled, without having us having to navigate or micromanage it every moment. We start to develop a trust in that what we don't know, which has more wisdom, intelligence. It's funny in a in a there's knowing something and then there's wisdom, and they're not the same thing. Wisdom contains knowing within it, knowing itself is often lacking wisdom. Wisdom only comes from having a direct experience with my moment, alchemizing the, the distortion so that the wisdom that was behind the distortion, which even itself has a purpose, has a meaning, has significance that we cannot know, that's the I don't know that allows the distortion on its own to just unravel and unwind. For people to practice it, is it basically just you find yourself in a situation, you're triggered, you're afraid, you're angry, you're, you know, whatever emotion you're feeling, and you just say, I don't know. Yes, I don't. And it's not a, I just don't know because I can't figure it out, kind of, I don't know. It's, it's a willingness to, to, to just admit. It's like an admission, like a confession like a self-honesty, but it's offering when we do this to ourselves. It's literally like an offering of, we said last time we were together talking about the weekly weather, you said, oh, what a relief that I don't have to know. Because remember, it's like we are literally figuring this out as, on our own timing. And literally, our nervous systems might fight it at first as I don't want to know, or I don't know, I should say. But ultimately, then what that does is it allows the natural flow of our, as I said, our endogenous, our instinctual, our natural wisdom timing to start to self-arise. And that's where coherence, heart coherence comes in. So yes, it's good to practice it in those moments of, of tension, but also like as a daily practice, just taking 15 minutes in the day, in the mornings, is what I do. And I just like, I practice how available am I to just drop out of my head for a time and not know what's coming and let my fear and you know it's just incrementally we do this incrementally but it builds the muscle for staying power and then when we're in a situation where we're caught off guard or something happens and we don't like it or it wasn't expected we have developed we've worked that muscle and we're a lot more resilient during those times so we have staying power then so good andrea yeah. i mean when we feel like we don't know the tendency to, to try to control everything and figure it out and make a plan so that we do know. But the, it's totally an illusion because yeah. we don't really know. 
Exactly. I mean, that is really the truth. We don't really know. Right. So all of that is is just an effort to to sort of control our environments and control our worlds and control our lives. And it's somewhat futile. When I've done the I don't know practice with Adam, there's a there's a little bit of a sense of like giddiness that comes in. It's like like gleeful, like, oh, like again, like I'm I'm kind of off the hook. Like I yeah. don't need to know. It's okay. I don't know. I don't know. All right. Let's dive into the days. So Here's we I mean we kicked off the week with a bang. Here. <laughs> new yeah. Awesome. Okay. So Monday's new moon, a 25 cancer with that grand cross with Pluto and Eris in the nose. Shadow Eris or distorted Eris perpetuates division in one upmanship, right? And we have the out-of-bounds moon for the first two days of this lunation. So that exacerbates this effect. So one of the things I also want to quickly mention, I know your, your, your audience here is very sophisticated and knows this, can appreciate this, but it bears repeating. All the planets all the time are at their full range of distorted and coherent, right? All the time. The planets aren't doing anything to us. So this grand cross, these planets aren't suddenly like conspiring to like F up our shit, excuse my language, but it's like literally how much are we available to receive in our bodies what has been, what seems to be distorted, but was actually, you know, the platonic or the Ptolemaic aspect of a square is part of nature. It's meant to catalyze. It's not meant to give us a hard time. It's meant to catalyze, to get us going. And we see it as negative only if we're looking again through that lens of distortion, which we all look through, right? So again, this practice of staying is like how much, the more we practice that, the more these challenging aspects become, ooh, it's just recharging my creative power, Venus and Leo, right? So again, this grand square at the end of the, of the beginning of the week, Pluto is also just fresh from Aquarius, right? Where AI is now becoming more mainstream. We talked about this last time, Capricorn. We will continue, we will continue to be challenged to choose the path of aligning with our fundamental humanity, our human light that we all carry at the center of our being, or, you know, rely on other things outside really creative, cool inventions from other people to be what we really appreciate and, and admire, which we can do both. Where are we making it an exception and we're not owning our own creative power first? Okay. So we enter the Aries Libra axis with Venus at 28 degrees of Leo, with Mars at four degrees of Virgo, and with Pallas at Sina at three Virgo, and the midpoint of Venus and Mars on the Royal Star Regulus, the heart of the lions. We've got so much Leonine heart Leo energy. This has the stage for the entire 18-month transit of the nodes through this axis, which is not what this is, this is about. But it's just it's something to consider where the, the dispositors or the rulers of the nodes are when the nodes enter, because their flavor and their consciousness and their positions will also inform kind of the overall theme of the, where the nodes, of the, of the nodes. So Alice, right there with Mars and Venus. She's the androgyne. She is the sister and mentor for all of us. She's the virgin goddess, complete unto herself, because she is comfortable in both her masculine and feminine aspects. So this is the potential for me of the whole Aries-Liba nodal axis, is integrating what we have othered or outcast 
as well as where we have isolated ourselves for fear of seeming weak. To deny our human need for true connection is to deny the reciprocal nature of life. And the only way to access that again is to be willing to allow for tenderness, which is not the same as weakness. In one spiritual tradition, the mark of warriorship is having a tender heart. I'll just keep, I'll just put that there. So Saturn is opposing the trio of Venus, Mars, and Pallas Athene. This is all still Monday. Opposing the trio, giving stark contour to the illusion of the consensus reality we've all been playing in. And that naturally brings up a level of fear. And it's also just uncomfortable. And we're not, most of us aren't willing to face that much, you know, often. And that's again, the staying power thing. How often are we available to stay in our fear? So what Saturn can be doing as a, as an initiation function in this is strengthening our capacity to be courageously honest and transparent with ourselves around our level of how seducible we are by leaving the fear and the discomfort, right? Because how even admitting to ourselves the honesty, the truth of what I'm doing, Virgo Pisces axis, opens up the doorway to a future possibility of something new. Honesty is the path to truth. And it's incremental. It's Virgo. So it's day to day, little by little, moment by moment. It adds up. This is the trust factor. It adds up. We continue and we, we work at it. This is the true, for me, the true work ethic of Virgo that Virgo is known for. The willingness to humble ourselves that I need to continue to lay the foundation day after day after day. So Venus and Leo here is still high and bright at the top of the yod. The Taurus and Libra areas of our charts will be especially activated this week, in addition to where Venus is transiting, of course. Because she's so superpowered in Leo, stationing to go retrograde at the top of the yod. And we've got, you know, Jupiter amplifying Taurus and Uranus doing its thing in Taurus. And Ceres and Libra, there's just this a lot of this feminine, like bringing more coherence to our feminine intelligence. So there's a really, really beautiful quote, Amanda, that I found this week by an author called Lucy Pierce. One of the books that she wrote, she wrote was called Burning Woman. And she describes burning women as those who have stepped out of silence and into the fullness of their power. Burning woman burns for change. She dances in the fire of the old, all while visioning and weaving the new. This is I know, right? So our true feminine work is to burn away what's bailing an accurate vision of a human culture that is founded in self-responsibility, care, and an understanding of the basic human need to be in relationship with the primal aliveness that courses through all of us and sources all of life. So being in relationship with our nature is what how we organically then externalize a relationship with others from a more organic, natural wisdom place. I told you last time, I told all of you, I think, that we were, we were doing a coming of age or like a rite of passage ceremony for our young daughters. We had it last night. And we had, oh, wow. we had the younger sisters there. So these, you know, anywhere from age like two or three 
to the like 14, all the way up to the 14 year olds or like 11 to 14 doing the ceremony. We had girls in their young ladies in their 20s there, like as aunties, these like cool hip aunties that the girls look up to. Then we had the moms and then we had um, a kahuna elder and another auntie elder that was there. So we had this span of, oh, and then we had the fathers and they stood sentinel. So they stood on the perimeter of the whole thing and um, just protected the space. That was their function. I know it, it, what you're talking about here, the ability for this burning woman to burn away what's veiling to, 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 to really like stand in the truths of femininity. So much of what we've been told and taught by culture, by family, by media, by all of it, 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 it's, it is what needs to burn away in order for us to be in the absolute truth. And this ceremony, I cannot tell you guys, it was like every generation had tears and was crying because of all of the healing that was happening. We were there focused on these girls who have just recently had their moons and are graduating into high school. And you know, it's a big rite of passage moment for them. And the healing that was happening multi-generation and lineage, you could feel it because none of us had that experience. It's not like we were, all of us had these beautiful rites of passage there and running. We were making it up as we went. We co-contributed to what it would be. It was better than we could have imagined. And everyone benefited from it. And it was like, this is the kind of work that we can all do together to really be able to do this, what we're talking about here in the feminine. But it's already there. It's just that all this conditioning needs to be burned away at this point. This, Amanda, you're speaking so precisely to Venus at the top of the yacht was... Pluto in Saturn, I'm sorry, Pluto in Capricorn retrograde at 29 degrees of Capricorn. Mm-hmm. Yes. And, and Neptune in Pisces, which could be burning away illusion, like the, the, the dross of the illusion of our disempowerment that we need to have society dictate us as individuals. What is compliance? What is appropriate? the rule that everybody has to obey as if we're automatons. Now, I'm not, su- I'm not suggesting anarchy. We all need to have rules. But it's like, are the rules really in service to our creative potential? Or are they just about keeping us quiet, keeping us complacent, keeping us fueled in tribalism? Which is what that heiress square can be. Really kind of undermining the energy when she's seen or, or received in a contorted way is continuing to like throw the apple, but the apple is just being thrown for the sake of continuing the, the fight, the fighting, the againstness, the othering. And what you are just, what you're demonstrating, boy, are your girls so lucky or just fortunate, blessed. It's just, you know, to have that everyone is included. And this is the feminine, not just women, right? We're talking about the feminine, which is inclusivity. And everybody benefits. And we have to include ourselves first. Not in a selfish way or a self-important way, but in a centered in self 
way. That's the key to Leo. That's Leo empowerment. One of the young girls who was in resistance to this before it happened said, well, sometimes I feel like it's more for you, for the moms than it is for us. And I said, well, what if that's true? Could that be okay? Could it be okay that you are actually helping to facilitate the healing for so many moms who had horrible experiences as teenagers, who were not treated with respect, who took on a world of shame? Is that okay? Could you do that? Could you open up and just receive? Because that's what's going to happen. We're just going to pour a bunch of love into you. We're going to pour our hearts and souls into you. Can you just open up and receive and know that in you doing that, you are facilitating so much healing and so much wholeness for so many people. And she went, oh my gosh. Okay, I can do that. It's like, good. Amanda, that is, this is true. This is returning us back to the true origin of Capricorn elderhood. Ah, feminine elderhood. What you just said, that wisdom, that's that's your Capricorn totally like just lit up and you being you. That is so, yes, 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 yes. What you just said, a hundred percent, like a million times. Yes. Right. Okay. I know we need to move beyond. I know. Oh my God. I'm on Monday, Monday still. I know. Okay. So, um, yeah, the rest of what I have to say is not that. Okay. We've gotten it. We've covered it more than covered it. So Tuesday. July 18th, the moon in Leo makes a sextile to Ceres in Libra at seven degrees. Ceres is direct now and one degree from where she stationed retrograde back in February of this year. So wherever Ceres has retrograded back from seven or six degrees Libra to 24 degrees Virgo, we might have experienced some losses because Ceres, wherever she transits, especially when she's retrograde, she's about surrender. And sometimes it requires loss and it's, it could be of a mother or a maternal figure or a codependent relationship or a relationship where, like you were saying earlier, we've been giving and giving and giving too much to under, underscore our value, but that's it's falseness. It's not sourced in true generosity, true giving. Where have we had to let that go? Where have we seen that in other people doing it to us and we've had to cut that tie? gently or maybe not so gently, but because it was the right thing or where we noticed we've been doing it to other people. So the moon sextile series here is asking where we might begin to have access to deeper wells of creativity in our bodies, resulting from where we've reconciled our unhealthy attachments to others to substantiate, see, or validate us. So that's Tuesday. Wednesday, July 19th, the moon meets up with Mercury, almost exactly where Venus was at the Cancer Solstice, about 14, 15 degrees of Leo. So that lunation was ruled by Mercury. So now the moon rules this lunation. And, and the moon is receiving a second transmission of Venus's light codes from the Solstice. So we have another opportunity, another by, uh, bypass, not bypassing, but a, a relationship to, to really receive in our bodies more of that to bring it even more intimately into our bodies. So it's a good day to practice some form of gentle breath work. Our breath contains information that only our hearts can decipher 
because the messages come from our soul. The breath, the Greek word for breath is pneuma, P-N-E-U-M-A, which is another word for spirit. Breath or spirit is the same thing in the Greek. So our, our intelligence, our connection with our source, our soul, is as close as our breath. It's another good practice to gentle breath practices are also always supported. So Thursday, the 20th, Mars, this is when Mars opposes Saturn retrograde at six degrees of um, Virgo and Pisces, respectively. The moon meets with Venus before entering Virgo and meets with Pallas, Mars. And sorry, that's an awkward way of saying it. So the moon meets with Venus before entering Virgo and meets with Pallas, Athena, Mars, and opposes Saturn later in the day. So what is all this? This whole day, we may experience some tension between what I want and what is actually available to me. The benefit of this is that I get to be more accurate with my expectations, where I'm picking too much and where I dedicate myself so I can dedicate myself to what's at hand more effectively and efficiently and also fully. This is the key to opening the door to what's next. How thorough am I in what I'm doing tells life, the universe, my soul, that I am willing to put in the work to get what I want and draw what I want to me. This is also the feminine, is magnetism. We discover once we start to source in our staying power that, wow, we don't have to work as hard. We're a lot more efficient because things are showing up. Synchronicities start to show up more often. It's not like we're literally just sitting around eating bonbons and, you know, somebody shows up at our door, our door with flowers and we live happily ever after. But it's the, the feminine is equally important to the masculine because when we're receiving, it's taking stock of the choices, that, the actions. We're receiving them and then we can make informed choices of how to move ahead. And oftentimes then our choices are arising from this stability. It's not from a, I don't know, I'm just going to choose something else. It's more of like, oh, it's arising from my intelligence. It's arising from a place of, it's like a spontaneous action rather than a force doing. So, um, so we have an opportunity today, this is Thursday, to learn that it doesn't take much to move through obstacles when we heartfully apply ourselves to make any necessary adjustments. This is putting creative energy to work. This is Leo, Virgo, Pisces, like an amalgam of them. Okay. So Friday, July 21st, is the odd formation is Venus, is Venus is still there, right? Still strong and will continue to be for another, at least another week, maybe 10 days, okay? After this particular week. So, and after she stands still in retrograde. So last month at the Cancer Solstice, Venus was at the midpoint of the potent Juno-Sun Ceres square, and here she is at the apex of a yacht, right? Another configuration that is difficult to hold unless we have a strong enough connection with our center, as we talked about before. So again, this is the theme of the whole, this whole period is can we trust ourselves enough to let our deep hearts hold us in the alchemical fire of love? Can we be burning woman, male or female? And it takes practice and the humility to recognize when I'm taking on too much, when I'm superimposing something, when I'm trying to make it important, if I'm not, we start with where we are. When we start with where we are, then we have a solid foundation to really build and know that we have a foundation that is substantial. Right. 
Okay. So Taurus and Libra are also, remember, these areas of our chart are still activated. The moon on Friday trines Jupiter and Taurus and then Uranus, spreading Venus's blessings far and wide if we orient to receiving them. So Earth energy requires applying ourselves, right? There's some practicality to Earth energy, no matter the sign. So we don't need to work hard, but we do need to orient internally properly for the occasion, okay? So Ceres is the modern ruler of Virgo and is also the recipient and bestower of these blessings. She is akin to Jupiter in that they both indicate abundance and generosity for those who have done their work and are available to truly receive the blessings of that work. So in effect, oftentimes the people who work very hard to do things for others is because on some level they're trying to compensate for what they're not able to receive yet themselves. So the more you receive, which is not an easy practice, but it, just, it takes practice, it's building that muscle. The more we do receive, the more full we are, the more our generosity, again, is self-arising and authentic. And it's not depleting. That's Friday. And Saturday, 22nd July, sun opposes Pluto retrograde. And this is Pluto at transfiguration. This is Pluto-sun opposition. Very potent time. This is when Pluto moves from being a morning star to being an evening star. It's a whole new, I mean, it's even the transpersonal planets have this shift, this orientation. And this is in our psyches. So transfiguration is from the Latin transfiguare, which is to change the shape of, from trans, which means across or beyond. And a word that came up for me that I also like is transmogrification. And the reason I'm bringing that in is because transmogrify, to transmogrify something means to change something's shape or something changing shape into something surprising, like for the example of kissing a frog and it becomes a prince. So I like trans transmogrification, even it sounds like transfrogmication, because it's it's the idea of something unexpected, right? So Black Moon Lilith also meets Venus at 28 Leo here. So we've got Pluto highlighted at its opposition with the sun. Black Moon Lilith meets with Venus at 28 Leo. So at the 29th degree of the Cancer Capricorn, anorectic degree, which is where the sun and, and Pluto are meeting. And with Pluto, there's so much of a fear. Cancer, um, Capricorn, and Pluto and Scorpio and Cap Cap Capricorn can all be very much associated with fear. The fear that I don't have what it takes is one way of looking at it, to be a human being on my own terms, that I can be myself and part of a community, that I can be part of a community and create with other people. The both and, that's one of the scariest things to know as a human being. It doesn't have to be either or. So perhaps this is a moment to transmogrify our tightly held fear of the shadow which is the dark feminine wisdom power. So much of the feminine power and wisdom has been relegated to shadow because it is the power that cannot be controlled. And because we need to control and know our moment, we have relegated to shadow. But it's still there. It's just running us unless we are standing in that power, right? So not even fear is immune from the solar force of love's joy and innate desire to care for all of life. That's what that configuration is. Let me read that again. So, at the anorectic degree of Capricorn and shadow, this is a moment to transmogrify our tightly held fear of the shadow, 
which is dark feminine wisdom power, because not even fear is immune from the solar love force of joy and innate desire to care for all of life. So the moon also moves into opposition this day with retrograde Neptune before sextiling the sun and making a trine to Pluto, ensuring the opportunity to assimilate any transmogrified power into our sacred bodies. And then we have final day, Sunday, July 23rd. Wow, what a week we've had already. I could use a margarita. Okay. <laughs> the sun moves into Leo. Yay. And we have Mercury at 22 Leo, which is squaring Uranus in Taurus. So a highly creative aspect if we are willing to be open to the inspiration, to inspiration and think outside the box in learning ways to work with and through challenges. And we're invited to quite a bit of this lately, right? So squares invite this even more than sextiles or trines. Sextiles and trines are nice, they're comfortable. But again, it's the challenging aspects of the opposition or the, the squares in particular as the most common that really just kind of get things going. It gets movement happening where there might be stagnancy, right? So the sun in Leo is infusing this aspect as Venus ruling Uranus. It rules Uranus and is in proximity to Mercury. So we've got the solar energy of Leo with the sun now really just blasting the solar force of, of light, of centeredness, of staying power. Okay. Also, I want to acknowledge that there might be some old trauma memories that surface during this time because this is an intensity. This is, you know, transmutation, transfiguration, whatever we call it. Standing in the fire is not easy, which is why it's something that we practice. And if we practice it, having a practice, again, that really amplifies our ability to stay when moments, when things happen that we are not in control of. We are then more in, we can, more of us can show up online to, to meet the thing creatively rather than just to habit or reaction, right? But there can be a lot of, there, there might be some little trauma about, um, it doesn't matter what it is, but in our bodies, that we're held in our bodies. So this is really a good week when all this is happening to really find where, you know, a lot of the women that, I, that I'm meeting as clients now are sharing with me that they have gotten the hit, the intuitive hit, that trauma work is something that they're really called to do. Like really, really accessing trauma work. And I would, and I'm just like in, in a hundred percent agreement. It's never a bad time to do that. And this might bring stuff up, but again, the opportunities, if we are available to them for things to be burned away even faster is also available to us. The more honest and, and full we are in whatever we can meet, the faster the transmutative power or the more, I should say, maybe not faster, but the more coherent, the more full, the more like available on all levels of our being. Okay. okay. And would yeah. you say that's correlating with a willingness to feel whatever? Oh, yeah. Yes. 100%, Amanda. Very good. Because feel, feeling, well, that's a whole other conversation between emotions and feelings, but emotions are the gateway to deeper, deeper feeling. And if we, if, all we can do is just honor our emotions, whatever they are arising. All we can do, like that's, that's perfect. 
It's not secondary. It's not less than. It's perfect. Wherever we are at is the wisdom of life showing us what we are available for. And to take on more or to make ourselves wrong for what we're doing is saying no to love, saying no to life, which just wants us to be good where we're at. Like basic goodness, the basic goodness of being a human being. All my warts and alls, right? This is the I don't know. It's allowing room for ah, more of the coherent stability that I am to come online, be, be practiced and, and show up. So one of the opportunities available to us when a trauma response arises is to soften as much as we can. It might not be easy to do that, but our egos tell us we won't survive the situation, but we have. And we will again. What might not survive is our attachment to it being a life or death situation. Okay. So I know it's just, we practice the softening to meet our moment and we get support, however that looks like. Okay. So final thing on Sunday, the 23rd, the moon conjuncts Ceres at nine Libra and then applies to a trying with Vesta. At 12 Gemini. So we have an opportunity to welcome the expanding network of support that is our feminine nature, beautifully illustrated by the ceremony that you spoke of your daughter. Building bridges between formerly disconnected or dormant aspects of our psyche happens when we allow the devotional thread to weave them together beneath our ability to track. Practice slowing down, allowing, relaxing to cultivate your authentic devotion. I'm, I'm a big one with devotion. That's kind of my, that's my jam. Because for me, devotion is part one wisdom facet of the feminine that helps to thread us, to, to bring together soul and self-identity in a way that is organic because it, devotion can only come from the heart's truth. From our hearts, wisdom to to bring us to 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 long for is a very very to long for something or someone is often the entryway to to just devotion or longing itself without an object, without a, an end goal, because that continues to break our heart open in that tenderness that I was talking, capacity to be tender, which is warriorship. Beautiful, Andrea. I, I'm reminded of a friend who recently said that she's feeling really drawn to, to the feminine. Like she's wanting to embody more of her feminine nature. Like she knows that's a big key for her, but she doesn't know what that means. And I remember being there. I remember being in New York City and being drawn to words like sacred feminine or the divine feminine. And I didn't know what that meant, but it was calling. You know, it was like, there's something for you here. And I, it's from what you're saying, if I just wanted to offer for anybody that's out there going, God, you know, like this feminine thing, feminine, is it, it feels intangible. Like, I don't really know how to do it. I don't know what it looks like. I don't know what it is. Just like you're talking about here, Andrea, just the openness and the inquiry. And the, and the trust and the tenderness 
to even be in the place of, I'd like to know. I don't know, but I'd like to know her. I'd like to know it. I would like to know what that is for me and how it's expressed through me is enough. Yeah. I mean, that that's the beginning. That's the opening of the flower. Yes. The I don't know. Is yes. An invitation. Exactly. Yes. I yes. don't know. And I would love to know. I'm open. Yeah. I'm available for what that is. And so I just, I wanted to offer that because I was reminded of, of her and I was reminded of me. And I was reminded of being in that place of like, what is this? I mean, it, it's mysterious. It's interesting. But like, yeah. but what is it really? You know? Right. Exactly. So yeah. you have given us so much to be with this week, Andrea Michelle. I am so grateful for you and just the beautiful way you threaded us through all the days and all the energies and really invited us to to discover our own staying power, mm. to really discover what that is. And I'm just so grateful for you, for your presence on this weekly weather. It's so much fun to to have this consistent rhythm together. And I, for anybody out there who's interested in having a reading with Andrea Michelle, she is available on the Astrologer Connect platform. Book a reading with her. She's amazing. It's so fun to receive the testimonies from our community for people who have had reading with Andrea Michelle. If you are one of those people and you want to put anything in the chat, uh, we love hearing from you. And um, anyone else is just the, the adventure that we get to have here with Andrea Michelle on the weekly weather is what you get to have with her. And she's looking at your chart. Like it's a personalized experience of that. Um, and it, it's pretty unmatched, I must say. So uh, check that out. This is astrologyhub.com slash connect, or you can go right to Andrea Michelle's page at astrologyhub.com slash Andrea connect. It's going to be an amazing week. Thank you everybody for joining us to tune in to yourself. And that's really what you're doing as you're tuning into the quote unquote weekly weather. It's really this opportunity to tune into yourself and, and the part of the journey that you're on that's meeting the movement of the planets in the sky. So together you're meeting in a place where you get to make choices about how you want to navigate these energies. So thank you for doing that. That's awesome. <laughs> and Andre Michelle, again, thank you uh, for being here. Thank you for being so generous with your time and your energy. We appreciate you so much. Thank you. I I, I have no words, really. This is just beyond. Thank you. And thank you for being a part of our community. Thank you for making astrology a part of your life. And I look forward to the next opportunity to connect with you. So take care, everybody. Have a beautiful week. And we will see you next time. This podcast is presented by Astrology Hub. You can learn more and find all of our shows at astrologyhub.com slash podcast. If you enjoyed this episode, please rate, review, and hit subscribe on your favorite podcast platform so you can stay up to date on the latest episodes and help more people find the wisdom of astrology. Thank you for taking the time to do this now. Thank you for being a part of our community and for making astrology a part of your life.